Welcome to Sam Maggie Hakley. Sam, uh, what's your favorite Target commercial, uh, long form and short form? Uh, my favorite Target commercial is the entire first season of Jane the Virgin. Yeah, that's my favorite long form Target commercial. Um, what about short form? Do you have any um, any specifics that stand out to you? Um, well, a couple days ago, me and Chris drove by a Target. Does that count? Yeah. Okay, yeah, then um, that's... What about you? It sounds like you want to share yours, so... Mine is the Carly Rae Jepsen music video oh. that she did as a... It was a Target commercial. Uh, but Jane the Virgin is definitely the best, uh, regardless of length. Yes. Um, but we're not here to talk about Jane the Virgin, Maggie. I kind of wish we were, honestly, because... Um, Do you think Glee would be better if it had really obvious product placement? No, but I think it would be better for just like wholeheartedly embrace like a telenovela yeah. theme and then just like sure. kind of leaned in. Because that's when it's good. Like we talked about the superheroes. Like when Glee just is like, you know what? Let's be kooky. Let's just be kooky for a bit. Then it's like, yeah, yeah it's good. So, um, but, but that's, uh, yeah. that's not what this episode is. It is episode nine, yes. Swan Song. Yes. Because um, if you recall, they lost sectionals, so... Well, spoilers, Maggie. We didn't confirm that yet. We okay. Just... So, we'll, we'll get right into that in just a second. <laughs> First, let's let's go over the boring bit. So, this originally aired on December 6th, 2012, with 5.43 million viewers, uh, which is up from last week, but it was only 5.39 million, so, like, it's not a lot, you know? Yeah, sure. Uh, it was written by Stacy Traub and directed by Brad Falchuk. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yep. That's, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so we don't have a recap, right? Or my, my no. player might've skipped it. What was it? There's no recap because we're right in from where we ended last episode. Yes. Marley is getting pulled into the choir room. Um, I think we're still like shuffled along by yeah. like an entire group of people. Yeah. And like, it's in the same like video style as what we had at the end of last episode. Like things are kind of blurry a little bit. Like time is kind of shaky. Yeah. The audio kind of cuts out a bit. So it's yeah. to convey that Marley is obviously sort of out of it, yeah. uh, which is understandable. She just fainted pretty grandiosely and everyone's like get her some juice call 911 <laughs> yes uh, somebody get marley's mom and yeah. uh then as the glee cl- club is sort of um swarming around her in the choir room uh it's is it tina who like starts sort of railing into her or do we get sue coming in right away no um first santana accuses kitty of being oh, behind yeah. this which um I mean, Kitty denies it and is like, but "Why Santana would I have is any so reason right. to do it?" Like, yeah. how does Santan- Santana know? What's um? Well, she she figured it out last episode, right? When she like well, we found the laxatives. We were trying to talk about it then. Like, how how was she able to connect the laxatives to Kitty? Was did she, could she just tell that Kitty was like mean? I, I mean, it doesn't make any sense for Santana to know all of this, but I'm glad she does because somebody needs to yell at Kitty. 
Yeah, I, Kitty does idolize Quinn, which immediately raises red flags in my head. So mm. anyway, um, then Shu arrives before Sue does, and he lets us know that they risk disqualification by not being on stage, which is... You don't say. <laughs> they're fucking mid-performance. Like, well, no, like... it, they're not risking disqualification. Their performance is over. They did one song. That's... Yes. And somebody fainted as the grand finale. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Uh, yeah. Sue then trances in uh, to relate to the Glee Club that no, they weren't. Ju- they weren't. Um. Uh. What? What? Disqualified. They uh, just lost to the Warblers by unanimous decision. Yes. She. Yeah. She even brandishes her copy of the rules. Love um, it. Yeah. It's. I mean. The, the thing that's funny about it is the way that she says it is, like, so serious of being, like, you could risk disqualification by not even being on stage. And it's, like, I mean, in reality, Duh. I think there'd be more concern about the fact that someone passed out. Yeah. Like, maybe. You, you'd think that'd be number one priority, you know? Yeah. But it's glee and nothing makes sense. And not in like the fun way. Like like we were just saying, this isn't in the fun way. This is in their stupid way of trying to be like, oh, let's raise the stakes for no reason. So anyway, they lost. The Warblers won. So, I mean, so, cheers to the Warblers, I guess. Yeah, cheers to the Warblers. And this is when Sue is basically like, glee club is over. I've won. Yes. Um. Yeah. Good for you, dude. I guess you did. We'll, we'll have plenty. We'll, we'll have another scene to go over that. But uh, we get the Glee title card, and then we get to New York. Kurt and Rachel are cleaning up after the Thanksgiving party that they had. I guess yes. And Kurt uh, tells Rachel that Blaine has texted him. They've lost because the new girl fainted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Rachel's just like, "Oh no! Should I call Finn? Wait, that'll just make him feel worse because." <laughs> I'll remind him of the other thing he lost that was even better than sectionals. Me. (laughs) Yes. Oh, Um, Rachel. Yeah. In their typical fashion, they managed to spin this to be about them. Um, That's sort of their move. Um, They're kind of big hot shots in New York. So they do have to think from the selfish perspective now because that's how their characters have grown. Except they also did this when they were in Ohio. So, like, true. They're just <laughs> self centered dickwads. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt lets us know that um, he has instituted his own kind of like weird rules. Um, this is the last time he's ever going to apply for Niata. Um, well, because he's like, if I don't get in this time, it's just the universe telling me to not do it. And Rachel's like, well, it's Carmen Thibodeau telling you not to. And <laughs> Kurt's like, what's the difference? Um, yeah. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I understand that mentality to a certain extent because it takes like emotional energy to apply. But he's also like 18. Like, yeah, he, he's definitely like manufacturing some drama here. Um, well, I, I, I get it. Maybe if he doesn't get into Niata this time, he'll do the fashion, fashion. thing yeah. proper because <laughs> he's definitely not devoting himself to it right now um no uh he's he it's he's just an intern at vogue.com that's not a life-changing position for most people well except it seems to be life-changing anyway um no that's what i'm saying i'm saying it is that was sarcasm come okay. on Gotcha. Um, it turns out this conversation was actually just set dressing, though, because um, we're we're setting up this winter showcase golden ticket. Um, 
because I, I guess coming yeah. off of the Carmen Thibodeau is the universe. Um, apparently, yes. she she gives people we, we got this hinted at before, um, but the Winter Showcase is the other opportunity for people to perform at Niada. Um, it's very rare for freshmen to do it, I guess. Um, yes, and yeah. you receive an invitation to get invited, and we have this whole like interspersed scene as Kurt. He, apparently he's been paying attention to the Niata blogs, so he knows sure. all about this. It's sort of weird that he's just kind of expositoring it to Rachel, who... <laughs> who you think would know this? Would I know. Um, but we see a scene interspersed with that explanation of Carmen Thibodeau, like, handcrafting these invitations with, like, calligraphy and shit. Yes. Uh, she, <laughs> she, like, seals it with a wax seal. It's very intense. Um, and there's also operatic music yeah, well, uh, on because, top of Kurt's explanation. Well, because Kurt plays the operatic music with their uh, like vinyl oh, player. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> vinyl player. It's called a record player, weirdo. Sure. Um, but yeah, Carmen's prepping that invite. And then we get a very long, like piecemeal shot of her delivering it to Rachel in the dance studio. Yeah, and like other people are really excited to see Carmen Thibodeau with this very obvious invitation in her hands. And they're like, mm-hmm. is it me? And it's like, no, it's Rachel Berry. She was never expecting it. There uh, there it is. <laughs> she was never expecting it. Cause... Well, because it's like she was in the back of the room and she's sort of surprised to see Carmen Thibodeau. And then she opens the letter and we get some real operatic sort of... Listen, I don't want to call it, like, screeching, because that's not what it is. But it is, like, the smell, very the, sensory yeah. overload. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, she's excited or something. But we're yeah. going to get back to it. Let, let's talk about the new choir room instead. Yeah, so the choir room is being ch- changed by the Cheerios. Um, Sue is sort of ordering them around as uh, a... A poster that literally says individuality on it is shredded. Uh, yes. <laughs> and um, things in the choir room are being taken down. The batting, like the, um, what would you call the stuff for sound? The things on the wall. Soundproofing? The it's... soundproofing is getting ripped off the wall. All this uh, very destructive um, stuff. And Sue tells i think it's finn who comes in and is like what the hell's going on here and uh sue is just like oh well uh this is my new practice space i'm going to be using it for my cirque du soleil inspired cheerios side project sue de soleil really inventive name obviously um i I mean is that cannot be fair use right (laughs) (laughs) i mean do they have the phrase du soleil trademarked I, I'm, but it, I mean, it's so similar. Like you could claim that it's the same idea, right? It's a slightly oh, altered name. You, you mean her actual performance? Well, with the performance considered as like part of the holistic work, I, she just come on. There's, yeah, Cirque du Soleil has a case if they want to sue. Well, um, but it's, it, it's a high school Sue, cheer uh, team, so I don't think they would. But yeah, you never know. Well, if Sue, uh, you know, makes people pay, pay for it, yeah. Good point. Um, I I just I like that you pointed out, but I love the set piece of them shredding the individuality poster. It's so obvious, like it's it's good, but it's like yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Um, but then we get to the other really good piece. Um, she Sue has marred the Lillian Adler yes. uh, plaque. Uh, we've talked. We talked about it. Yeah, a, a couple. <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, we brought it up, but it's like the picture of the old choir director and Sue. This is, is what this is also the picture that inspired Will to start the new yes. directions. <laughs> yes. Um, so, did you? I, I have the engraving on the plaque written down. Lay it on me. Okay. I died a slow, horrible death, choking on the fluid in my lungs. Yeah, uh, that's pretty grim. <laughs> Thanks, Sue. Uh, the original thing, something about how music brings people together. Yeah, and yeah glee is what brings people together or something. It's stupid, <laughs> but it's not as terrible. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then Sue is like, oh, and don't mind me. I'm going to take your Nationals trophy and run it over with my Lacar. Uh, and then Finn's like, over my dead body. And they wrestle over the trophy a little bit. Um, until they realize they're out of stalemate, and Sue screams, Figgin's office, and they both um, go to Figgin's office with the trophy in hand. So Finn is walking backwards uh, yes. to, keep, to keep his hand and eyes on the trophy, and they have to lower it for the doorway. I liked that. I thought that, that was um, some that pretty is actually, comedic Yeah, the, the like, shit. standoff. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's very good. Um, but then we get to Figgin's office. Sure. Um, Will is here, I guess. Yeah, and Finn is like cradling the Lillian Adler picture. Um, yes! and, no, and then he or like Will is one of the two of they have it. Yes. Um, and uh, Figgins reveals that the 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 school district is running at like a seven figure deficit. Jesus. Which is bonkers. That's like so wild. Seven <laughs> figures. Like. like- I mean, we've heard how they spend money at the Cheerios, though. Are you that surprised? But the Cheerios still have a budget? Like, how can the Cheerios <laughs> still have a budget if the district is running... If that if the deficit is this high, how are schools open? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> no one really does. But it turns out that the way the, they're trying to combat yeah. this is by just, like, whoring out the school. The, like, yeah, they're renting out land. They're renting out, like... Because... They're trying to find a new place for the Glee Club to rehearse. And Finn wants the auditorium, but it turns out the Cheerios have the auditorium now. The Cheerios have the choir room as well. Uh, the two classrooms that are mentioned, the Spanish classroom and the history classroom, are both being used um, for other things. Uh, yes. I guess they're like sort of jokes. It, it's but it's not like, really. But it's like an AA style group like it's like yeah. groups that aren't in the school is the thing no no it's it's like uh a church renting out a yeah an auditorium like, yes the okay. nub and gist is that the glee club has no place to rehearse right but the other thing is that figgins is like your season is over because you lost sectionals so you just you don't get to rehearse anymore like that's like the football team I mean, doesn't get to use the field anymore when they lose that and it's should like, be how it works right but no 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 because I would argue that, like, I can understand being like, well, the football season is over, so they don't practice anymore. But, like, Glee Club, like, choir season isn't technically over? I don't know. It's just, it feels so weird to be like... It is, but it is over in this universe. You dig? Like... No. (laughs) But 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 how are they supposed to to get better for next year? You don't. Like, you only have the the beginning of the year to rehearse for sectionals. That's the idea. 
it's just so stupid. How are you? How are you supposed to foster talent? I don't know. You're Whatever. not. Also, like the Glee Club is always has always been at risk if they don't win. Remember, like that's been a yeah, but that was because they didn't have a budget or something. They don't still. <laughs> Is Will still paying like the $60 a month? Didn't they get like a huge windfall of cash by winning nationals? Yeah, they they got like $10,000. Did it go to the school? I don't, I mean, they gave a that, big check to Figgins or something. But that like... makes the smallest dent in that deficit. <laughs> Honestly. Man, there's so many problems here. Where does but... the money come from? You know, like <laughs> what's even going on? Uh... Yeah, so Figgins' office is over. I well, don't really care about these people arguing. Well, I, Maggie, but we, we mm. to close out the scene, we have to get to the transition, which only makes sense if we explain it a little bit. <sighs> okay. Because Sue tells Finn, she he has to turn in the keys to the choir room, and if he doesn't tell the Glee Club that it's over, she'll do it for him. And Finn gives her the keys and is like, no, I'll do it. And then we no, close I'll up. I'll do it. We close up on Sue's hand with the keys. She closes her hand over them and then opens it again. And we're in her office with her talking to yes. Becky. Uh, it's sort of a strange transition. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, she conveys to Becky that this is like a hollow victory yeah. for her. Uh, because even though she beat the Glee Club, it doesn't really feel much like anything. Becky makes a joke about how that's how she felt when she saw Prometheus. <laughs> Okay, very 2012. Very 2012. <laughs> oh, God. And then Sue has a weird little bit here. The, the thing about Prometheus, before we move on, it's part of like the Alien franchise, right? Yeah, so, but, but no one... So Becky's just a big fan? Well, the thing is, no one knew that it was a part of the Alien franchise until they had actually like seen it. Like It wasn't advertised <laughs> as being as such. No. So then when people saw it, they're like, oh, this is an alien movie. And like, I've seen it. So like, I understand why they say that. But like, I, I don't know. Is I'm it, not a big are alien Are there fan, xenomorphs so. to, to... At the very end, yes. Come out of people's bellies? Oh, well, spoiler alert. Um, yeah. Well... Sorry, everyone. I mean, go... <laughs> sorry for spoiling a movie that came out yeah, six from, years ago? Yep. Uh, more than that, really. Yeah. Uh, anyway... It's a hollow victory for Sue. Um, maybe because she, her heart has grown a few sizes. Or since maybe because she really one. actually needs an antagonist to do anything. Yeah, she she's motivated by hatred. Like, yeah, trying to destroy someone else. Yeah. Who knows? Um, now we, where are we? Well, Sue imagines what the futures of the New Direction oh, seniors will yes, be. Yes, of course. So we get this sequence where we see first Tina turning around and talking straight to camera, being like, since Glee Club is over, I'm dealing crack. Or yeah, she's a drug mule in the crack district. <laughs> yes. Uh, then next is, I really only remember Blaine's because Blaine's is the funniest. Yeah, uh, Art, Artie's rolling down the hallway, but we can't see like below his torso. And he says that he ah. sold his legs to science. Yes. And then he we sold get his Blaine. legs to science. Yeah. Blaine is working the bathhouse circuit. Um, yes. And Blaine is like alone in the, <laughs> in like a, in like the auditorium, auditorium yeah. seating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we, 
is Sam in this little sequence as well? No. The, the last one is Brittany, who tells us that she's a finance yes. major at Brandeis. At Brandeis, because Glee Club was holding her back. <laughs> Which honestly might be true. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then Sue is like, I need a sign to know that I've done the right thing. And on cue, Brad, the pianist, um, arrives yeah. to thank Sue for freeing him from those terrible, <laughs> terrible children. From his dreadful curse. Uh, <laughs> he is carrying like a box of stuff. Like he's obviously moving out. Right. Of McKinley. Um, and he's like, you don't know. Like those kids just point at you and they expect you to know it's a play. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He's obviously done a great job though. So. Yeah. I, I mean. I, I honestly. <laughs> this plot line sort of falls through when you consider that this is. It's never been a problem for Brad to just play. I mean, I, I seriously would give some thought to the idea that he might be cursed. Like, <laughs> he, he, might, he might have been imprisoned at McKinley and forced to do this. We never know. Um, uh, yeah. Because Brad is like, he is he gone for real? Do you think we're going to see him ever again? If we do, we have to make a note of it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they'll make a point of reintroducing him because they've given him will such they? a grandiose exit. Sam, um, the question is, will they? <laughs> I have no idea. Probably um, not. Probably not. But uh, so yeah. So Sue. It seems that Sue's prayers have been answered, and she does feel justified. Um. So then we cut to the choir room, stripped of everything, with a big like with like a single ribbon hanging from the ceiling in the middle of the room. Yes. Um, but uh, Will and Finn are telling them all the bad news that Glee Club is over. That Glee Club is over. That they can't rehearse here anymore. Uh. And. There is still the holiday concert that they've, I guess, committed uh, to promised to be at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, committed to as a glee club, and everyone is just like, you know, I thought we weren't gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we were gonna win sectionals and then do that. It just doesn't feel. It feels right. bad. Yeah. <laughs> Which I I totally get what they're saying there, but they need to find another place to rehearse, uh, and they can't rehearse in the auditorium. Yeah, so, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a lot here. Um, Sam, to close the scene up, brings up the fact that, like, the seniors don't have a chance to do this again next year. Yeah, he's like, we'll just, you know, do do it again next year. And other people, I think it's Sam, is just like, um, bitch... Some of us don't have a next year. And we get some shots of the seniors looking at each other like, oh, no. Yes. <laughs> yep. And Finn and Will don't have an answer for that. Um, of course they don't. <laughs> Yay. So then we, we moved to the next. Um, I wanted to point out, because I've always pointed out when we had Quinn's evil piano music, I realized that um, there's another, like, set of music that they have for another character. Brittany has this, like innocent chime music oh yeah she she definitely does it's like yes. glockenspiel Britney yes. sort of <laughs> do, do, uh, do, 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 or something like like but it, it yeah. sounds very like young and playful um yes and so this is how this scene starts because and, and it lets us know that this is a kooky Britney scene um and there's uh, like a trick you know I was I thought you were gonna say that there was like a new uh, a musical theme for Tina because no. there is when Wait, she's is yelling there? at people. I didn't. Oh, my God. I'll have to keep an ear for that. Fuck. That's awesome. Because uh, uh, there's the bit where Tina yells at Marley yes. again. Um, yes. And it's really just sort of like bombastic. Like, 
you know, glee undertone music. It's, <laughs> okay, it's not no. really anything special. But anyway, um, Brittany is looking at this trail of Cheerios on the floor. She gets down on the floor entirely, like lays down on the ground to look through the Cheerio hole. Yes. Um, I, I, the Cheerio holes, I suppose, in this um, long string. And then she eats them one by one, following them into a room where Sam Evans is there to offer her a glass of milk. Yes. Um, I mean, what's great is when we when Chris and I watched the scene the first time, <laughs> she mm-hmm. like gets down on the floor to look at the Cheerios. Yes. And it like closes up on her face. And Chris is like, don't you eat it. Don't you do it. And then she like pops Don't you it into eat the her... floor, Cheerio. <laughs> she yeah, pops it into uh, her mouth. <laughs> so yeah, it's very good. I I honestly don't see anything wrong with eating something off the floor. You know, I'm not uptight enough to just throw food away. Uh, so I can feel that. And Sam, this is a nice thing for him to do because uh, he he makes a note that he's like, oh, I did this. I made sure to uh, get you your breakfast as a way to lead you here because I know you forget to eat it on Tuesdays. Right. Um, yeah, because yeah. the beginning of the week is hard for Brittany. <laughs> I mean, it's hard for all of us. Let's be real. It's hard uh, for all of us. And if you recall, she wanted to instate um, like full full time at McKinley. No weekends. Yes. Uh, no breaks. I think probably because she just doesn't really understand uh, the, this sort of break system with, um, you know, weekends and such really throws her off. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't like... Who she got at home? Lord Tubbington? Like... Yeah, she's got Lord Tubbington and those weird, like, robot parents, probably. Right. Um, But, so, they're in the geography room, I guess, and I mostly bring that up. I don't know if this is, like... I think if they have a class dedicated geography, it's interesting. But I I have a suspicion it might be Will's, like, history classroom. Um, Is it? I mean, it's definitely not the science classroom where Sam sang to Quinn that one time. Sure. Uh, And it similar to this, honestly. Uh, And it's not the science classroom where Bert and Carol met. And it's not the the, um, Spanish room. Definitely not. It's not the classroom where Ryder was to take that test or study hall. I mean, mm. it it kind of feels like the room that Holly Holiday cosplayed Mary Todd Lincoln in. Sort of, you know, it sort of does. It sort of feels like um the where she did the sex ed class too. Yeah. So. But um, my note about the room is that it's horribly colonialist because there's like tribal masks all around the walls and like artifacts on the desk and stuff. It's like. You know, I hadn't hmm. noticed that. Um, honestly, not surprising. Um, yeah. Because history taught in public school is colonialist brainwashing. Yeah, that's a good point. Woo. Um, but yeah, Sam tells Brittany that he's totally into her. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah. that Santana was only, like, Santana was mean to him because she sensed. That he was a threat, and- I guess. She she sensed that he liked Britney or something. Um, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think Santana was just mean to Sam because he was an easy target to bully. I, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, uh, Sam is like, oh, I'm really sad that we won't ever get to sing a love ballad in Glee Club. So I thought we could sing a love ballad right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they, they sing-, sing a love ballad because the band is here. Also. Yes. 
Yes. Um, they sing something stupid. Um, it's fine. It's not bad, but yeah, it's fine. You know, I I felt sort of nothing. Yeah. About it. Uh, this. I was just sort of reminded of like the preoccupation Glee Club, Glee as a show has with just sort of pairing people up as a means of storytelling. Yeah. Instead of, uh, I don't know, gr- character growth. Yeah. Or like, you know, <laughs> uh, having friends of any kind. Like, yeah, having friends, telling stories that aren't about teenage romance. Yeah, this one also gets pretty bad because at the end of this scene, Sam tries to kiss Brittany and she kind of rebukes him, but not because she's not interested. She reveals... Oh, no. She rebukes him because yeah. of us, yes. basically. Yeah. That she... People who would criticize the show. Uh, they're referred to as the lesbian blogger community uh, in... Yes. In terms of the show, which is, you know, sort of upsetting. We have uh, part of that lesbian blogger community as supporters of this podcast. So I'm righteously furious that they've done this. Well, and that's like, obviously, it's directed towards us, the people who are like, yeah, we don't get to see lesbian romance on TV very often. So, like, don't fucking try to shove this heteronormative bullshit down our throats. Thanks, Glee. Like, fuck you. But. I think it is valuable to have, like, a very outwardly uh, bisexual character yeah. in Brittany um, in that she – there's not there's not really a lot of fuss uh, about sure. her liking Sam. It's just something that is happening, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's fair. Um, and, I mean, I think that's valuable, too. It's just that, like, if the show hadn't directly yeah. called it out, I think I would be more okay with it. Cause... Me too, because it just sort of feels like they're like, oh, well, we better stop the fire before it starts. And it's like, hey, hey, assholes. Let's, let's, like... light, let's light a match so that way we can yeah. we start the fire instead of them. It'll be better exactly. that way. It's just like so shitty. Like it's it's hating your own fan base, yes. to put it that way. You know? And I was like, do you really need to do that? No. You, you don't need to talk down to your fan base. You can just... Yeah. I, it's it's fucking stupid. I I hate I hate it when Glee tries to talk to the fans. It's really garbage because it's not that they're like throwing little like fun like asides for the most part. It's like they're sort of doing a hello fellow kids combined with oh tis tis how how dare you criticize us like it's <laughs> like an like an and and rice kind of thing where it's like these are our characters. Go fuck yourself for trying yeah, to tell us how to I, how to live our lives. Also, so. fuck you, Anne Rice. Like, just let people write fan fiction. You know, especially when you're when you're writing like vampire erotica. Like, chill out, okay? You're not doing like high art. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying like, you know, get over yourself. I think that I think the point was that it wasn't actually erotica, which is one of the reasons she was upset. But like. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Oh, what that that the fan fiction wasn't erotica, or that no, her that, books aren't. Her books aren't, but the fan fiction oh, was. Sam, you're wrong. Her books are. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I I'm not that well versed. I, I think she's ju- I think she's just upset that um you know they they weren't doing her um her fancy foppish vampires justice. Uh. <laughs> anyway. What? Yeah, I mean, no shade. Fo- a foppish vampire is just fine. I'm. Let's just continue forward. We can't keep talking about Anne Rice all night. No. Um, we're back in New York. Uh, we're in dance class, and things get 
real heated because <laughs> so they're doing yeah. some jumping um they're doing some dance moves and rachel is sort of doing them she always stands near the back of dance class uh so that she's obscure obscured from our viewpoint as the you know watchers Viewers. of the show yes um which is sort of an odd thing to do put your character in the very back uh maybe it's because uh, Leah Michelle isn't really all that competent of a dancer, which is really emphasized throughout this scene, I yes. would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because so she she's not doing great. And Miss July calls her out for it because that's what she does. She, well, she comes over to Rachel and is like, keep your knees this certain way. And Rachel's like, oh, can can I go get some water? And she and July is like, yeah, sure. And when Rachel goes to do it, Miss July is like, stop, stop the whole class. Yes. <laughs> See, uh, you needed to get some water. So uh, we had to stop the entire class because that's how you would do it on Broadway. Right, Rachel? And uh, Rachel's just like, I don't, you know, I was just dehydrated. Like, you don't have to make this big deal out of it. And <laughs> Cassandra July is like, bitch, this is my class. I'm not, do- I'm doing things like with a lot of, uh, like thinking about them. She's she's upset that Rachel's basically mouthing off at her, and then yes. they decide to do a dance off, um, or sing off. It's it's a it's a yeah. number off. Well, yeah. So yeah, Rachel gets a little mouthy as she typically does. Um, Miss July brings up that, um, and I don't think this is the first time that we've heard of her, but Alexandra Belushi. This is the this is definitely the second time because yeah. the first time is like oh she's the first freshman to ever get invited right and now it's like you'll she'll dance circles around you Rachel Berry <laughs> yes which this uh, is the first time we've gotten any indication that this winter showcase is actually a competition apparently um yeah ex- except is it even <laughs> like the, the, really the time that it's confirmed is at the very end like when which, <laughs> when we find out who wins yeah. so. <laughs> Which I mean, do you think that they made more of a more of an emphasis on that and then cut all of that? Like maybe <laughs> I don't know. It, it sort of feels like they did. It's it's Glee, you know. Yes, they do a dance number at um, uh, Castle Cassandra July's behest. She's like, okay, do you know the opening number to Chicago? And it's so like, of course, who doesn't? Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then. Starts off with Cassandra July. She does amazing, obviously. The dance moves are impeccable. Kate Hudson has really proved herself as an expert dancer on this show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rachel follows with... I mean, it, her performance is definitely, like, memorable. And it's, I don't want to say it's bad, but it's not really, like... Yeah, so... D- competent. It, I mean, it's competent dancing, but it's not, like great dancing right so just so anyone who doesn't know the opening of chicago it is all that jazz um yes i think it's the censored version which is also pretty good it is um (laughs) but of course it is right (laughs) look i mean but it just it just feels so weird especially with these songs that are like actually like i don't know classic kind of thing it's just mm. but anyway um there is a bit You're surprised they they do the ki- like kids bob treatment to it well, yes they have to well especially when it's like in this neata setting like because mm. it feels more like adult yes <laughs> like it's sort of weird to you yeah but um there's a bit where cassie does like this crazy flip with these like oh yes guys so holding her three, legs there's 
three people supporting her. Yeah. She is held aloft, and there's a part where uh, she sort of drops down into, like, a crouching position, with, but she's still held um, with both of her legs spread apart so that she is shaped um, like an upside-down U. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then she flips under, like she flips under her, <laughs> under her legs with somebody like supporting her back. It's amazing. Yes. <laughs> yes. She's and, an expert. Well, and I wrote, and, and wins, I guess. Cause like they end like facing each other and Cassie. Well, has, there's like, a part, there's another really um, good part of the song where Cassandra goes and like dances up on Rachel and yes. Rachel just like pushes her off and it's just like, oh, yes, I get it. Like, Which, uh, yeah. I, I get it. I'm bad at this. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, because, like, she, like, pulls Rachel, like, along the floor and, like, sings in her face while dancing on her. Like, I mean, I guess the point is supposed to be, and it comes to this, where, like, at the end, Cassie is facing her and has, like, this big smirk, real smug about how good she is at this. And Rachel's like, mm-hmm. thanks for teaching me something finally that i need to <laughs> sing to prove to <laughs> prove myself oh, not yeah. dance because because rachel is like oh you know what this really proved for me is that i can't dance not as well as you but i can sing better than you <laughs> and cassandra july is like do you think anyone in this room thinks that and rachel responds with nobody has to i just do okay um can i yeah well what's great is miss july verbatim says there's a big difference between self-confidence and delusion to which rachel responds no one else has to believe it i have like only i have to which is literally the definition of delusion delusion (laughs) yes um (laughs) i mean she is proved right (laughs) is the thing i guess it's just i don't know it's just funny it's like a weird way to say like this dialogue is bad (laughs) the dialogue is weird uh (laughs) Again, sexual tension, pretty, like... I mean, it's it's palpable. Yes. It's obvious. And they're singing one of the sexiest songs in, like, the Broadway repertoire. Exactly. So... Which, and then this scene ends with Rachel making, like, an offhand reference to winning this showcase. Um, <laughs> again. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You would think they would include that in you know, the Kurt expository speech. Exactly. Where he would be where he would be like, you know, the winners of this have gone on to win Tony's and shit. No, but like, instead he said the people who received invitations. Who receive invitations who got to go. So it's like, is it is it going? Is that winning? Oh no, they're they they're competing at this thing? Like, what? <laughs> it's so stupid. Um so then, just have defined rules, right? Like, it's not that hard to just be clear enough with your character dialogue that we understand what's going on, right? Yeah, or, you know, like, pull out the rules and just be like, <laughs> I mean, anyway. Well, let's move to the other Niata storyline. Um, Kurt arrives to pester Carmen about his application, because apparently you can just yes. do that at Niata. Um, <laughs> well, maybe it's her office hours. That would make I mean, sense to me. But can anyone go to office hours? Like, I mean, yeah, I guess. Right? Yeah, like, that's sort of the point. And he, like, he could have gotten intel from Rachel. True. Like, yeah, good point. When are her office hours? That sort of thing. Yeah, but so um, uh, we find out that he did an acoustic version of "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go" for his audition, mm-hmm. which um, he did. Kind of wish we had seen but- it, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, we find out um, eventually, at least if I'm recalling correctly, that Blaine's favorite band is Wham. Oh, Uh, okay. (laughs) So I thought that was, I mean, 
obviously that's not really part of the lore right now because Glee doesn't really sort of respect that. Um, yeah, but like but it's, I think it's, it's uh, sowing the seeds, Maggie. Perhaps. Um, that's what good writing would be doing. <laughs> uh, anyway, I Kurt is uh, told that he's like devoid of complexity depth. and depth. Yeah, that is what Carmen Thibodeau... Carmen Thibodeau tells him that he's done a good job in both of his auditions, but that they're just not there. Yeah, like... It's just she, not good enough. She says they're nice and flashy, but it's only surface level, which... Yep. I mean, I guess so. I guess, but, like, Boy Next Door is... Really good. I mean, it's 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 sort of like Kurt's, like, eponymous song, in a way. Yeah. You know? Like, yes. it's like... No, he isn't the boy next door because he's Kurt Hummel. He's like a, a mold breaker. That's complex, Plus, right? Like that number is so good. Like it's so good. I guess what it really boils down to is that Kurt uses too many props. Yes, and this is how Carmen Thibodeau is phrasing that. Yes, um, but yeah, and then she's like, "I rarely give people second chances, and I only do it on my own terms. So please leave." And so Kurt's like, "Okay." <laughs> Yep, time to go. Yep. Um, Next scene is not how any of this works. Mm -hmm. Because we find out what all of the Glee Club kids are doing now that they don't have Glee. Yes. I love it, though. Uh, We first see Tina and Blaine in Cheerios uniforms because they've joined the Cheerios. Yes. And we see Artie in a, um, like, marching uniform because he's drum major. Uh, Which, I mean, God, I mean, like, obviously... It probably upsets you, I imagine. It does. As a former drum major yourself. It does, because you can't... He just joins in mid-season. Yeah, you can't just walk in and be like, oh, I'm the drum major now. Like, get the fuck out of here. Maybe this is, um like, a purely aesthetic drum major. Mm. Like, you know how there's some bands that just have a drum major that runs across the field with a stick? <laughs> <laughs> well, he can't really I mean, run across the field now, can he, Maggie? But he would, but he would roll across with the stick. <laughs> no, obviously, I know. because yes. the, the band director, whoever that is, even though you would think that the band director would be um, sort of an important role in this show, no, nope. um, no, nope. no, they don't even exist. Uh, Artie would be like he, they see Artie and they're like, oh, well, you can't really march, so. <laughs> I mean, that is actually true, honestly. Yeah, um, honestly, we can just chalk it up because Blaine and Tina are confirmed as diversity hires for Sue. Artie is yeah. probably a diversity hire for marching band as well. Well, it makes sense to me that Sue would lap them up because it's not like they're devoid of talent. No. You know? Yeah. Perhaps the whole reason why she wanted to dissolve the Glee Club was so that the um, people who are talented, who are very busy with the Glee Club, would turn to the Cheerios. Well, Maggie, except for Unique, because how, for unique. how could she ever do... <sighs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Sue. Uh, we s- find out that Ryder and Jake joined the basketball team together because they're <laughs> Bros. best friends. <laughs> and also and... Jake is good at basketball, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because Ryder's like, yeah, we had to find something to fill up our time. And Jake's like, I'm good at basketball, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Uh, and yeah. Unique has joined the field hockey team, even yes. though she's not to coordinate it on her skates. No. Um, she nearly falls yes. at the beginning of the scene. Uh, and she's like, no one has to know if I put a wig under the mask. And it's like, huh? 
<laughs> yeah, um, that's a lot of this. And then we, the real, like the cherry on top of this, Joe joined the Interfaith Paintball League. Yes, he has some new friends, and it's um, like a like a very strictly uh, like Hasidic Jewish boy with ringlet curls and, and a yarmulke. And a yarmulke and um, uh, a Muslim who wears like he- like traditional headdress. Yes. Um, and well, they, uh, yeah. Go for it. It's a place where uh, people of Christian, Jewish, and Islamic faith can shoot at each other peacefully. Is I think the way Joe phrases it. Yes. Uh, How do we and then feel we about a- that though? Because I don't know. <laughs> I, we get a shot of um, Joe being like shot, like firing squad style. Yes, uh, by by the of, Jewish like, guy and the Muslim guy. Like, yeah, and then uh, like he takes his mask off and is just like elated as they group hug. Like he's just like so happy. Um, I sort of love that little interstitial moment because they're both they're all three of them are just like so fucking jazzed. They're <laughs> laughing and like smiling. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I like the I like the message and I like the idea, but I don't and know. And I if like the, it as a I, well, I like it as a throwaway joke rather than um, as as like a thing <laughs> that yeah, yeah yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just feels kind of insensitive to like make that kind of joke but at the same time like i like the like spirit of it so I don't yeah know. and um i mean it's not it's probably one of the edgiest jokes True. he has made <laughs> yes. um maybe ever but i mean it's it, i think it's i think it's fine yeah honestly well i mean uh, it's partly so because away. joe yeah. is the one who got shot also that 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 does help um but yeah so then they they're like how are we gonna tell finn and then it cuts directly to them telling finn <laughs> who to his credit on this one comments on one the quick turnaround time of how fast yes. they joined other things and also to the bizarre like nature of the things they joined like yes um well he is sort of down on Tina and Blaine specifically like yeah. he's like <laughs> choosing to do this and both of them as they described it in the last scene they're just like we it's our senior year we want to be on a team and we want to compete and we want to win something so yeah cheerios it is (laughs) well and like i mean they have the talents for it you know so and it's not the first time we've had that happen like kurt and mercedes were on the cheerios so yes yeah um Um, a a gay and a and a lady and and a not white lady yeah um yeah finn also insults marching band uniforms which i find personally unforgivable so can we i mean marching band uniforms aren't supposed to look good on anyone like they're not supposed to make somebody some they're not supposed to make the individual look good they're supposed to make a group of people standing close to each other look the same yes uh so eh. yeah i mean it's just that was my throwaway joke um but so then (laughs) oh go for it i wasn't saying anything okay i was laughing and burping okay Lurping. That's, I you I do I do that a lot. So, um, we find out that Sue has um sliced up the reservations for the auditorium into yes. tenths of an hour, which six minute slots. 
seems like a bureaucratic nightmare. Um, uh, and I imagine that the the auditorium is closed for cleaning for five of those slots an hour. Yes. Because Finn is only able to get six, like a, a measly six minutes for them to discuss this. And he's like, okay, so I, I have one more time uh, uh, scheduled in and it's at 9.54 on Friday night. I hope you can all be there. And um, yeah. everyone's just like, Mm, yeah (laughs) marley is like i'll be there and tina's like well it's your fault that none of us are going on like tina gets on her case again like that's tina's vibe this episode which i sort of understand that vibe but at the same time like it's not it's not really marley's fault she's being you know heavily manipulated right and i'm not saying that everyone else should have noticed that but there were things they could have stopped. Yes. Like, like, like they even talked they about They saw it. Kitty being so cruel and terrible. Well, and like at the very beginning of this episode, we didn't really talk about it. There's a bit where like, they're like, what's wrong with her? And Jake's like, she probably hasn't eaten anything because she's been skipping lunches. And it's yes. like, why J- did you Jake let her? noticed. And it's like, why did you say, why didn't you say something? It, like you're you supposed know. to be her boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah. Now? I, I don't. Which like, I get not wanting to tell people what to do, but at the same time, like, if you're her boyfriend, you can be like, hey, are you not eating? What's going on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I understand These also. clubbers but... are supposed to be, like, good friends. Why aren't they protecting each other? Well, like, it's because, Maggie, they, they aren't actually friends with the new kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's true we don't even know who that guy is yes. whatever <laughs> so um anyway in, in a bit of fun um cinematography everyone but marley leaves and then the lights get turned off on finn and marley okay so blaine is the last to leave yes. so as i was watching this scene because there's like a shot of like blaine just sort of like shrugging like and like leaving um marley and jake marley and finn by themselves i mean yeah um so it it sort of communicated to me that Blaine is the one turning off all the lights, like, <laughs> <laughs> that he's like flipping the switch as he leaves uh, to like leave Finn and Marley in the fucking dark. I mean, not entirely inaccurate, but also it just like that's how the scene was communicated to me. That was yeah. my first thought watching it. Was like, is Blaine turning all these off? <laughs> like, <laughs> what a nice thing to do. Um, but yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> we, we, we're cutting to the next scene. Um, it's a locker chat. One of your favorite things. Um, Hooray! A locker chat. Yes. Uh, Sam and Brittany are talking. Um, Brittany is asking Sam on a date at the same time as yeah. the rehearsal, which is not hard to do probably because it's Friday night. Friday night at 9.54 p.m. Yes. Uh, they're going to go to Breadsticks because... Like, Brittany has a connection for the VIP booth at Breadsticks? Or, sure. like, there's nowhere else to go, maybe? I'm not sure. She's like, oh, well, are you going to go on this date with me? Or are we going to go to rehearsal? And then Sam is like, oh, you want to go on a date with me? Like, it's the rehearsal question sort of out the door. That's not really the (laughs) the issue here. Um, And... They mentioned the lesbian bloggers again. Oh, what about the lesbian bloggers? And then Brittany's like, they'll just have to realize that love is love. Um, yeah, she she tells sure. us to shove it, essentially. Um, yeah, which, like, 
I, I appreciate the sentiment. Yes, love is love. But at the same time, like, why can't these characters just be friends? Like, why does this have to be the end game for, like, these two characters' interaction? Glee is only capable of, like, describing these kinds of relationships. And honestly, it's boring. Yeah. Like, I don't... I find, like, certain aspects to be interesting to watch you know i i found i find the gay relationships to be interesting <laughs> because they can actually you know they're actually depicting um like complex gay relationships but the straight ones are just kind of boring like yeah also they're not inventive they're just the same thing over and over again yeah literally like the the fucking thing i mentioned earlier where it's like sam serenading quinn in that classroom this is the same the same thing yeah it's it's the same fucking thing. Yeah. Also, this one especially feels just kind of weird, cause like like why? Well, cause are they doing it because they're seniors and they're sad? Like, uh, I mean, <laughs> what's the vibe? This whole season, they've been setting up this kind of dynamic where like they're both like weirdos, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which is just where, where it's, they they both are like blonde and yeah. apart from everyone. Oh, this is Sam. Before we go any further. I, I realized we didn't mention something earlier Oh, where um, in the scene before, when they're talking in that classroom before they sing something stupid, uh, Sam is like, I think Santana realized that I know something. And then Brittany says about area 51. <laughs> she fucking says that. Uh, yes. No, you're absolutely. She says that. Um, oh, she also says something so- about the spice girls. But yeah, like yeah. Well, the Spice Girls weren't appreciated in their time. Right. That's what she says. Gotcha. Uh, but the Area Fifty One thing, like, come on. What did she tell Santana? That she's an alien. Oh, man, <laughs> number one thing, don't tell anyone. That's what I've learned from every Why? sitcom about Sam, aliens. No, they're in. Sam, they're in love. I, uh, I mean, I guess Mork told Mindy or something, right? <laughs> uh i guess and but like that's not- third rock from the sun told the other teacher lady i'm not yeah. sure about that one and th- this is this is new ground you know sure. um l- lesbian love re- lesbian alien relationships uh, this is actual that's actual new fodder <laughs> for um glee to kind of investigate instead of this kind of rehashed uh heteronormative garbage yeah Whatever. Yeah, but they kiss to really seal the deal. Uh, because fuck us as the watchers of this. <laughs> you know, I also just feel sort of offended that they, you know, are like, oh, all the lesbian bloggers are going to be in revolt. And it's like, hey, listen, we're not all lesbians. We're not all bloggers. Like, Well, and, and also, like, yeah, we're going to be upset about it. Like we're gonna be upset because the Santana Britney relationship was actually well fostered, you know, and took like fucking three seasons to culminate. Yeah. Not this. Not this. You know. <laughs> not this. Anything. Well, not anything with us. Specifically, <laughs> Santana and Britney. But this. Yes. Uh, uh, let's keep going. Though. Yes. I don't want to talk anymore about these blonde people. Yeah. Let's move. So we're at the uh, we're at the winter showcase. It's in the back in the round room. Yes. Um, apparently it is a competition, I guess, because, because, <laughs> uh, Carmen Thibodeau is introducing it and she says they are competing, I think. 
they're competing. But anyway, let's just let's just say it straight out. They're competing. They just did not mention that in the expositionary period. They really should have. It's fine. Yeah. Um. And uh, first up is that ballet dancer that everyone keeps mentioning. <laughs> yes, Al- Alexandra Bolsucci um starts the d- ballet piece to uh. Delibe Sylvia or something like that. Um, you, we don't need to know because Rachel's not even watching it. She's uh, <laughs> yes. she's outside on the steps in this in this Niata building. Um, we don't see much of it. Just these kind of this like modernist lobby area. Stairs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and she's pacing a little bit. Brody is here and is like uh, uh, Brody T A Brady is. Uh, yes, <laughs> he pep talks. Like, oh, you're nervous. Yeah. And then Rachel does this whole speech that culminates with her saying, I'm not nervous because I know that I'm the best. <laughs> and yes. um, he's just like, wow, okay. Well, <laughs> confident. Yeah, she. It, it's great. It, well, okay. Parts of it are really great because Rachel's just like, I should be nervous, but I know that I'm the best ever. So it's going to be fine. But then she also negs herself a little bit where she's like, I know I'm never going to be yeah. a fashion model or like, I, I on a box of cereal or whatever. I really fucking hate it when they ever, whenever they have Rachel Berry, like neg her looks. Yeah. Um, she's like, because... I'm not a stereotypical beauty. It's like, no, you fucking Ugh. are. <laughs> a fucking puke. It's like so annoying. She's like, you know, I know I'm not a stereotypical beauty or I'll, I'll, I know I'll never walk a, a fashion runway. And it's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah. It's just so manufactured because we know Rachel Berry loves herself. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And like, that's that's also the thing is she's like, this is supposed to be about her being confident about doing this. I don't know why she has to be negative in order to be because, confident. Um, like Ryan Murphy has read um, those like play, those player handbook things oh, where it's like, sure. oh, you got a neg. <laughs> you got to neg other women. You got to neg yourself. Right. Yeah. To pick up other women, you have to neg yourself. Um. But Rachel, this culminates. I guess the reason is kind of that what ends up happening is Rachel kisses Brody um, because she's yeah. really embraced her new YOLO outlook. Yeah, because she needs to sing like she's never going to get the, another chance to. And she needs to kiss hot studs <laughs> like she's never going to get another chance to. Which like, hey, I guess that's a good way to live, you know? Yeah. Um, you could tumble down those modernist, modernist stairs right now. Yeah, um, and you'd never kiss again because your lips would be broken. Um, yeah. Then Kurt comes in. He does mention that this is the best part of the rom-com, <laughs> which... Yeah, he's like, oh, not to interrupt this uh, this rom-com scene. It is my favorite part, but uh, you do have to sing now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we go back to the round room to see Rachel sing. Yes. Um, she starts with, being good isn't good enough, which... What is this originally from? I mean, I assume it's a Streisand number, right? But yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Yes, it's it is so good. Like it's pretty transcendent, honestly. Um, the cinematography is okay. Um, I like some of the la- like the longer shots from the audience where Rachel is like framed in the center of the of the shot. Yeah, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. No. Um, it, yeah. I, and I. Th- I think the shots are well culminated to the music, but at the same time, I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like these, um, like lingering shots and like the the way that the cinematography is composed can make songs feel a little bit overwrought and like long. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm being nitpicky, but that is sort of the point of the show. Yeah, I mean, part of it for me, apparently it's from our show. It's from Hallelujah Baby. I'm not sure what that sure. is. Okay. But um I mean It is it is actually from Glee. It is Rachel Berry's I Want song. <laughs> it is so fucking Rachel Berry. It's out of this world, Rachel Berry. Um, yes. Because it's all about being good and being the best. Yes. Um and also like I don't know. I guess part of it is just that, like, they they usually... I mean, the only one other one I can really compare it to is um, Don't Rain on My Parade, obviously. But... Yes. Rachel... I mean, but this yeah. this is so good. It's, like, Rain on My Parade levels of, like, goosebumpery. Exactly. And, like, part of it is, I guess, it's just, like, she always picks numbers that have these, like, long belting bits that are yeah. just so good. Like... You get like the ASMR tingles, and it's just like, oof, <laughs> yes. Oof. She she knows how to play to her strengths, yes. Obviously, uh, and when she finishes, and everybody is everybody stands up and is like wild about it. Yes. They're all screaming, "Bravo, bravo, encore!" So Rachel goes up to I think like the violinist. Maybe that's like the the guy in charge of the band i don't know um and then comes back and says that she's gonna sing her favorite holiday number and she sings oh holy night um she is jewish yes so (laughs) well uh okay well to be fair afterwards chris told me that this is his favorite glee christmas or glee holiday number um and that he'd only really heard it on the cd before um, and I pointed out that it's a very religious song. And he was like, it doesn't have to be. And I was like, well, kind of does. Because well, the is. lyrics are all very because, religious. Like, Yeah, it's about like Jesus's first nap time. Yes, like, exactly. But <laughs> I mean, I still, I, I think you can appreciate it. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, it's a very, she does another, to be fair, also very good. Like, My biggest complaint, though, is we get multiple rolling shots of the audience as they sing along, but we cannot hear them. Yes. So it just looks like they're, like, mouthing all the words along with Rachel. (laughs) That's a... Um, Yeah. Yeah. Also... (laughs) It's so awkward. We also have a montage of Finn, like, sadly rescuing trophies and Lillian Adler from the Glee Room. Like, he's, like, cleaning out the choir room. Yikes. Yeah. So, like, that doesn't feel especially good. Um, but like, there's also Cheerios that are doing like ribbon, like gliding type of things. Yeah. They're doing like, I guess the Sue de Soleil rehearsal yes. uh, as Finn is cleaning up. Uh, so we see like those big rings that hang from the ceiling that you cor- sort of contort your body around. Yeah. One of them is like just sort of s- slowly spinning yes. <laughs> as Finn is cleaning up, uh, which I guess is it's slow-mo for the song purposes. Glee really loves to put like some slow-mo action shots above, like on top of singing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, it, but I mean, it's, Fun. Um, we get a shot of the Lillian Adler plaque again, but it suddenly has the correct inscription again. Yeah, they somehow uh, put the the right inscription back on. I think probably what happened is Sue just put the the like the new panel on top of. Okay. Yeah. The old one, maybe whatever. Yeah. Um. Uh, Because she definitely had a new one engraved. Like it was. Yes. (laughs) It's. Yes. It's fine. <laughs> um, but so then um, after Rachel finishes her number, she gets another standing O because that's the only way people know how to 
react. Um, <laughs> to Rachel Berry's uh, splendiferousness. To, to anyone in this universe. Um, but then <laughs> Carmen gets up to announce intermission. But then afterwards, there will be a performance by none other than Kurt Hummel, if he wants to. Yeah, if he's ready for it. That's like how she phrases it. And we uh, we end the scene with a shot of like Kurt looking terrified. Yes. He's just like, what? Um, yeah. Uh, then we the next scene directly following is Kurt just sort of freaking out in the yes in the this lobby area. He's just like, how could you do this to me? Carmen Thibodeau is like evil. Yes. And, um, <laughs> Uh, he's trying to figure out what he's going to perform. He throws out some options to Rachel, which she um, dismisses, says no to right away because she's like, "No, do not do Phantom here. No, do not do um, Sunset Boulevard. Uh, Sunset Boulevard." <laughs> and uh, which both, yes, she's pr- she's probably right. Um, yes. Then Kurt says that he wants to do "Being Alive," which is from Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a beautiful song. So uh, I was really happy to see that it was like on. Um, uh, the list for this episode. Sure. And let me tell you, I was not disappointed. Yeah, because yeah, because so he he suggests being alive, um, but he frets about his lack of props. Which, yeah, yeah, like Rachel <laughs> reminds him that this is the point of this exercise. Like, <laughs> is that you're not prepared and you have to go out there and show your complexity and depth. Yes. Um, without your gold lame pants. <laughs> yes. Uh. So we go right to the Kurt's performance and he sings being alive and it's pretty amazing. Um, it's just set up with Kurt in the, in the middle of the round room where Rachel was, but there's a spotlight on him. Uh, there wasn't one for Rachel. If I'm no, there wasn't recalling. There was just, it, the room was just lit. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, she didn't need a spotlight, Maggie. It's true. She um, sort of, she was a so spotlight. Par- she was the spotlight. Exactly. Uh, being alive, uh, how did you like it? Uh, it's good. I, I think part of it for me is that I don't really have a lot of emotional attachment to this song. I'm sure that it is like, because like, I haven't really seen Company, so sure. I, I'm sure. It, but like, he does a very good job, and it's not flashy or showy, which I guess was the point. Um, and but- I, th- I think it's um it's a good match for like Kurt's emotional state at this point. Yeah. Too, yeah. Um. At least in a way, because like he's still sort of sad about his failing romance. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh. While he's uh, he's a little bit less flowery than Blaine with his experience of it. Uh. He he's sort of been more reserved and like sad these days. Yeah. So I think this song really echoes that feeling for the character. Yes. And yeah. And he he also gets a standing ovation because, like I said, that's the only rightfully way so. No, no. I'm, I mean, but the song is really amazing. It is. Um, but it's great. And he, he has a little tear that comes on his cheek, gets that standing O. Um, it's good. And we get to see Carmen Thibodeau, like, smiling, like, huh, I knew all along. Yeah. Like, that kind of <laughs> yes. uh, smug look on her face. Yes. Um, but then we cut to Finn is sitting in his childhood bedroom with the accoutrement of the glee room that he has just stolen. Yes. <laughs> and he gets a call from Rachel who he at first is like, you butt dialed me again. But she's like, no, I intentionally did this one. Um, I called you on purpose to tell you that I won. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, this is 
okay. So if I'm going to be honest, the first time I watched the episode, this is when I realized it was a competition. No, exactly. Um, that is when Rachel won. Well, that's and honestly, the first time I watched it, I, that was the first time I also noticed. But when I went back through, I was like, oh, apparently this has been a competition the whole time, except they didn't tell us when it was most <laughs> important. So whatever. I mean, is this just showing that we're not paying good enough attention or is it? I think it's honestly. I think there must have been is, like a scene that was like, "Oh, you have to win this winter showcase to prove that a freshman can do it." And then they just cut it because they're like, "This is stupid." And they were right. It there, is stupid. Was there like? I, I'm just worried that we're a misleading sample size. You know that maybe we just weren't paying good enough attention. Well, I think honestly there must have been something with that Alexandra Blasucci lady because. Oh, they yeah, like, and they, they really focus on, like, we get to see her. We see her face. It feels like they're really trying to be like, look, we got this famous ballet dancer yes. for this episode. And it's like, did you? Like, who is this? <laughs> right, because, like, while Rachel's singing, there's, like, a close-up, like, a zoom-in on her face, like, during a dramatic bit of Rachel singing. And it's like... It's weird. But what, like... Are, is there supposed to be, like, an implied competition between these two? Like, what about the other eight people that are performing? Like... I don't know. I, I don't even know. It just feels uh, weird and, like, we're not getting a full picture. So, like... Anyway, Rachel won. Yes. She won. Um, And Finn congratulates her and then is like, yeah, but the, the Glee Club didn't win. And <laughs> right. Rachel has this whole speech about how it was never about winning. It was always about the music. And more than that, it was about people like Artie and Puck not just singing together, but actually being friends. And it's like, hey, look at that. It's the it's the thesis of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. If they were going to reiterate it at any point, I guess this is a good time to do it. Um you know when they have lost and they solve a full for the first time. They solve a full season and I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen, but Sam, they yeah. have more than a full season. They have a fucking <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Um <laughs> But <laughs> let's not talk about our grim future. Yeah. Um, she kind of ends this up by saying she tells Finn to not give up on those kids because they respect him so much. And also don't give up on your own dreams because we don't know what those are, but you shouldn't give up on those either, Finn. Uh, uh, yeah, that that is a weird bit because uh, she's like, I don't want you to uh, give up on your dreams. And it's like, I thought the point is that Finn didn't have any. Like, <laughs> that's, I mean, I guess it's just ass- a- assumed now that his dreams are to be like Will. Like, Sure. All right. Uh, then the phone call is over. Yes. <laughs> thank, thank, thank God. Um, there's not much of the episode left, right? No. Well, What's we get next here. We get a quick little scene where it... it Finn sighs in his bedroom, and then it fades into what is assumedly the Friday night performance. Yes, six minutes at. Well, it's it's the um, rehearsal. It's the rehearsal in the auditorium for six minutes. Yeah, and the only person who shows up is Marley Rose. You guessed it. Um, and she's only there to tell Finn that she's found a new place for everyone to rehearse. Yes. Um, and. This is when, because at the very beginning of the episode, I was like, why don't they just rehearse outside? Oh, it's winter time. That's why. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but 
sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself because Finn has to write this like Breakfast Club esque letter <laughs> okay, <'cause... laughs> to the Glee Club, and it's it's the Breakfast Club because it's got that song yes. underneath. It's got the like <laughs> "Don't You Forget About Me" song like playing, which is so weird. Like it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Like, And it's not even like a good Breakfast Club reference no. because it's Finn writing to the rest of the Glee Club. Like it's Finn writing to the New Directions. It's not the New Directions as a group writing to some sort of figurehead like Sue, which is where you would really think this kind of yeah. reference would be made. But that's not what's happening. No. Um, <laughs> instead, Finn is writing an email to Glee imploring them to come practice Um because Marley, because Marley yeah. Rose found us a new space. Yes, and remember, we all have to love. We, we all love music. That's why we gathered together in the first place. Yes, and we all we see a montage of them all getting this email, doing their other things. Um, yeah, uh, Tina and Blaine are hula hooping yes. with the Cheerios, and they're like checking their phone while they hula hoop. Yes. Uh, who else? Who else do we see? I think we see do we... Artie getting it, like just sitting somewhere. Um, as he is wont to do. Yes. <laughs> um, Sam and Brittany get it while they're standing at their lockers. Um, mid locker chat, assumedly. Yeah, but um, that I think that's all, all. Those are all the ones we get to see. But um, then we cut to the the practice, and yeah, yeah. we're we're outside. Yes. There you go. Uh, we're at we're at the like outside courtyard where they where Blaine have done, first got um, introduced. <laughs> yeah, where where Blaine does his big numbers every, at the beginning of every school year. Yes, of course. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and um, this is when Finn is like, "Oh, damn, it's cold," <laughs> uh, and it's like snowing. Yes. <laughs> like Marley says something about how it, it gets dark so early now, and it's just like damn this it seems miserable yeah uh, um one quick question when the band is all there too when is this because so the friday night sectionals happened on thanksgiving yes and then so assumedly this is like maybe the week after thanksgiving but uh or the or the week after that it's like either late november or early december right which sure that's fine my question though is like what day of the week because they had that rehearsal on friday night which means that like this would have to be monday i guess monday monday or like the middle of next week something like that it just feels like such a weird time to do it it feels like this is a definitely like a friday vibe where it's like i yeah why don't why aren't they rehearsing in the middle of the day (laughs) like (laughs) is Instead of doing it, I, I guess, yeah. I guess they're not rehearsing in the middle of the day because they're in school. I, there just seems like better times to do this than the middle of the night while it's snowing, right? I just, I don't know. It, <laughs> the, they yeah. they sing um, "Don't Dream It's Over" yeah. with Finn and Marley starting, and then the rest of the Glee Club members show up, and Blaine and Tina are here to sing a verse, and then. Kitty and Artie show up together for some reason, and uh, Sam and Brittany are here. They all trickle in. Yes. Um, and then right near the end of the song, we get a little bit where Rachel walks into the Niada apartment um, to see Kurt looking at a letter, and he reveals he got his Niada letter, and he got accepted. Wow. It's What a not surprise <laughs> what a after shock. the fucking standing O. Yes. <laughs> well... 
at least this time it wasn't a fucking bait and switch <laughs> where Carmen Thibodeau was like, wow, you did amazing. And then not in. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, there is one other note that I had is there's a bit at the beginning of the number where Marley apologizes for killing Glee, which feels yeah. not great. Um, and we haven't really addressed Marley's story at all here. No. Like, she's had maybe a few lines this episode and that's it like we we haven't heard like what her mom thinks about her fainting on stage we haven't heard about like her emotional state or physical well-being right for that matter yeah um yeah it's like sort of bullshit like i was expecting like kind of a lowdown on what's going on with marley rose yeah i kind of imagined during the summer i was like her mom probably like is making sure she's getting food at this point like but we don't know because the show but is she didn't tell us yeah they don't tell us at all uh but that is the whole episode we did it and now it's time for the podcast podcast business business. i was doing a dream it's over oh okay yeah i couldn't remember the melody don't podcast business It's podcast Um, business, but it's a metaphor, metaphor. and metaphors are important. Gold stars are important, because Because gold gold stars stars are a metaphor metaphor for me being a star. star. Great. Now we're in the podcast business, where we're going to do gold stars first. Yes. Uh, Sam, you are first this episode. Hooray! Um, I had some trouble picking a gold star, because this episode is just kind of weird and bullshitty. But I did <laughs> land on Rachel because I think she has some of the best yeah. performances in the episode. Um, the one qualm I have about choosing Rachel is basically any interaction she has with Cassandra July yep. makes me just sort of like upset with her being so self-centered. Yes, um, that, that was my big like <laughs> reservation too is like I hate it when she gets mouthy with Cassie because like Mr. Lie Because Cassie obviously knows what she's doing. Exactly. Like it's not it's not like she hasn't proved herself to Rachel over and over again. Yeah, it's not like she So it's like Rachel lear- learn. You are and she's admitted before that Cassandra July is good at what she does. Yeah. Right? Yes. So it's just sort of annoying that she's not learning. Or if she is, she's like not acting on that learning at all. Or like the the thing that really gets my goat about it is that Rachel consistently is just like, I'm as good as you are and is like, no. Mr. July has You're obviously not, you know that. Literally been doing this for like twice as long as you've been alive. So like <laughs> I mean that's not true. Don't don't, don't say that about Kate Hudson. <laughs> okay, maybe just as long as Rachel's been alive. But like Yeah. But like stop. Like she's just, it just so makes, shitty. It, it just it's not a, a consistent character character trait for Rachel, no. right? Because it's not like she con- she did not criticize Will in this way, and Will was substantially less competent, right? So Which, yeah, I just I mean I I and I had reservations about it specifically for that, but like past that, like most of the rest of it, she's really good. Like she yeah she comforts uh, I, Kurt. She you know has her confident moment, and she does really good singing. So. I'm going to agree and also give my gold star to Rachel. Uh, she looks amazing oh, this whole yeah. episode. Um, hot New York Rachel is real. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I don't know if we even mentioned it, but, like, for her performance, she wears this, like, white gown that is Yes, beautiful. the white gown, and all of her hair is brushed to the front. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it looks really full and bouncy. Yeah. 
yeah, she looks amazing. Yeah. So um, next, of course, is best number. So Maggie, can you give me that rundown? So the numbers from this episode are something stupid by the blondes. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think they the two hot uh, okay. the two hot blondes? The two, the two hot dumb blondes. Sorry, I, don't, I mean that's what the show is doing to them. Not me. I'm not calling. Uh, the show is calling them dumb. Okay, they're unique, special people with their own <laughs> with their uh, own strengths. Yeah. But that's uh, what the show and- said. Not us. We're just quoting the show. So, uh, and then there's all that jazz. The song battle mm-hmm. between uh, Cassandra and Rachel. Being good isn't good enough. And Oh Holy Night by Rachel Berry in the round room. Being Alive by Kurt. And then Don't Dream It's Over by the Glee Club as a whole. Yeah. It feels like there wasn't very much music this episode, huh? There really wasn't. I mean, it took really long for them to get to that first number. Yeah. Like it's at least 15 to 20 minutes into the episode. Yep. No, that that was definitely that one of my thoughts, too. It's just choice. like it took a long time to get to the music this time. But, um... I I thought all that like there are some that are really good. I really like all of the ones in New York. All the ones in New York are the best ones. Agreed. For sure. Like hundred percent. Um honestly for me, this one comes down to being good isn't good enough and oh holy night. Because honestly, they're just really, really good. So um I ended up going with being good isn't good enough. Mostly because I think it just has that like it honestly, it's just cause it's a Barbara Streisand number reminds me of... It has that Rachel Berry smell. Yeah, it reminds me of Don't Rain on My Parade. And you know I love that, so... Yeah, I, I love it too, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm choosing Being Alive. Good. Uh, yes. Because I just... It, 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 again, is... They are choosing really good Rachel, really good numbers for Rachel and Kurt consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this one is like another, like, this is a Kurt song. Yeah. Like it makes sense to me. Um, it makes sense for the character and his like current emotional state. And it also like sounds good. It doesn't sound like Kurt isn't, there are some moments um, when in Kurt parts where he, it sort of sounds like he's putting on an affectation. Like he doesn't sound like Kurt. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, this song sound, he sounds like how I expect the character to sound. Yeah. Like, like there's no, um, reaching for some other kind of like vocal range or vocal attitude, it's Kurt. No, I I, it I totally get what you're saying because like there are some times when like he has to stretch a little bit in order to either hit like a lower register or even sometimes like a higher register, and it like doesn't really feel like Kurt so much. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, this this is definitely uh, in his wheelhouse. It feels very good, like. I don't know. I agree. I think it's very well done. So these kind of songs make me want to, in our final evaluation of the show, I want to choose like the best numbers for each character. Sure. Okay. Um, And I think this is like, this is one of Kurt's, right? Like definitely the performance of of the season for him so far. Um, Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I don't think really the performance of like the past two seasons, except for maybe, Boy Next Door is amazing. Yes. So. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if he's actually had a lot of numbers this season, because... No, he really hasn't, because he's doing Vogue.com. Right. Like, he's... He's been... He's not in the singing wheelhouse, yeah, he, singing universe. He's been in a lot of numbers, because he gets paired up with, you know, Blaine and the 
glee team sometimes but like I, I think this is really his, like, first big solo of the season, and it's a good one, so. Yeah, I mean, the big, like, Kurt's big solos throughout the show have been Rose's Turn, uh, Boy Next Door, and then this one. Oh, that's true. Right? Like, yeah. what else has there really been? There's been, I guess he did, um like, The Wicked Number, but that was a duet with Rachel. Right, see, like, that's, yeah, because, like, a lot of the times he's in a duet in order to, well... I guess we'll just have to keep an ear out for it. I mean, this is really good. I don't know if there's a lot that can top this. So um, let's move on to the last piece of podcast business for today. Um, the rating. So at the slushy rating, as we normally do, we're going to give it a rating out of five slushies. Uh, the more, the worse, because we love to bully Glee because we're terrible people. We do. So mm, delicious <laughs> slushies. Just the tears of our enemies. Um, so... <laughs> And rock salt. (laughs) (laughs) My rating this episode, I gave it two out of five slushies. Um, Two out of five. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually doing the exact same. Yeah, because it's not a bad episode. It's just also not a good episode. Like... (laughs) I think if they're going to have any uh, storyline in Ohio, it should have been about Marley, um, not about, like, Finn. Yes. Um, Yeah. Uh... So yeah, the New York plotline I think is really good. We haven't been to New York in a little while, so it's nice to, except for the let's have a kiki right. Thanksgiving <laughs> right. garbage. Yes. Um, uh, so I, I I actually really like this where we see Rachel back in like her New York routine, but also, you know, going back to truly who Rachel is, which is just being the best at singing. Yes. Um, I would like it to be less less attitude when it came to Miss July, but you don't, you don't, Oh, you don't want her to re- reacquaint herself with her roots. Really? The, the thing about Miss July it, for me is that, like I said, she never gave this kind of like garbage to will, even though he was much more like inept. In, yeah. Apparent. Yeah. Apparently inept. And, um, Miss July is obviously like so good and like controlled. I don't know. I, I also just don't like seeing these two characters that I really like fight. Yeah. Cause I'd much rather they be friends. Yeah. It does feel kind of tropey. Um, and also so much sexual. Also, tension. Why do we, I don't want to see women. Fight. Exactly. I, I want to see them kiss. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that's just about everything for this week. Um, one note before we get to, <laughs> um, before we get to the like actual stuff, I just want to say, I wholeheartedly am a Manila Luzon fan, um, but the last time we yeah. said that, um, things got a little dicey, so I'm going to avoid talking about RuPaul's Drag Race season, All-Stars 4, on this podcast. <laughs> did we get did we get hit up on Twitter no. about Manila? No, no, no. The episode that came on while we recorded that oh. one was when she had the stumble, and it was like, woof. Yeah. I was worried. So oh, so so you're so you're saying you don't want to put any sort of All Stars four commentary out there because that could affect like how it actually the energies yeah. about the show, <laughs> how it happened in the past, exactly. Um, <laughs> wow, that is um very superstitious and weird, but okay. But just so, yeah, I, it's also very good. I mean, I don't know. Have you been watching? All starts for? No, oh. um, I like to wait until the end of a drag race season if I'm going to watch it at all, so that I can watch it all at once. Um, 
I do stay abreast of the outfits and everything sure. on Fashion Photo Review. Okay. It's... Oh, my God. You're going to... I. It's a very good season so far. So... I do... I, I pay attention to who leaves, though. I this is I know this is a weird way to watch reality television. <laughs> I just find it too nerve wracking to wait uh, for episode by episode. Yes. Sorry to my haters. <laughs> Speaking of our haters, no. Um, we uh we love to hear from you, um, our listeners. Even if you do have, uh, I mean. Uh. I, we we want to engage with you on all sorts of media, including our Twitter at SNMHakeLee, over our email at SNMHakeLee at gmail.com. Uh, send us your wide-ranging theories about the show. Why do you? What do you think is going on with Marley Rose? Um, yes. Write us a, a comple- compelling plot line that um, Glee refused to write. Um, yeah, and uh, what else? Just to- uh, you still haven't sent us those um, Santana... Uh, Quinn fix and I'm really expecting my inbox to blow up with those reps. I mean to be fair Please. we technically haven't asked for those in our timeline. Shut up. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> so in our in our timeline in the in the you know the time machine where we record these episodes. Yes. No. We have not we have not asked for those yet but yeah. Come on. Um blow blow up my inbox. I, I just wanted to give shout outs to um Lucas at uh, EU Lucas Henrique, and also, um, of course, Joe, as always, and um, Brandon Quadrado at Brandon Quad um, for in- engaging with us on Twitter. We really like to hear from you. Um, y'all brought up some tweeting great points. A- tweeting us. Yeah. So thank you for your input. <laughs> and now we are going to end the show. Yes. Um, Next episode is Glee Actually. As a love actually joke, everyone, this is the holiday episode, and we're going to be doing it, what, the third week of January? <laughs> I think this is the closest we've actually gotten to the holiday, <laughs> to the real holiday. I mean, so that's we fun. did do that episode last year on the actual, like, July 25th. <laughs> Like the Christmas episode. Yeah, that was fun. So, uh, and maybe we'll get close to the like Valentine's Day episode. Maybe. For well, we'll see. But th- this holiday episode is promising to be, you know, pretty good. They're going to be remaking another another holiday classic, Love Actually. God damn it! Uh, and <laughs> Clayne is going to reunite. We already know. We know that for sure. Yes. Um, and uh, the thumbnail on netflix is already with like a wound on his face yes so So that's promising too maybe um anyway uh that's everything do you think they're gonna in have you ever seen love actually i've i have but i haven't seen it recently because there is like a musical number where that one guy i i can't remember the actor's name but he plays he no he's the octopus man in pirates of the caribbean and he's um oh he's rufus scrimgeour from harry potter yeah yeah, yeah. Do you know who i'm talking about i do know isn't he, he a prime does, minister he does like of the world of actual england i think no 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 in the movie isn't he the prime minister <laughs> maybe you know it's been a while since i've seen love actually but he does like a number with um like what, it, what would you call, like, sort of a Mrs. Claus, but, like, sexy Mrs. Claus get up? You know what you know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. Yes. Like the Mean Girl, like the Mean, mean Girls, Girls yeah. Christmas number looks. There's He does, like, a number, like rocking, a music video. Rocking around the Christmas tree? Those. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, um, he can't be prime minister in that movie because why would he be doing a music video Good point. if he was? I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's like a rock star <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, I think he's the kid's uncle. I guess we'll, we'll, we might find out next week. Um, but until then. Should we watch Should we watch Love Actually so that we can no, go into this episode? absolutely not. With context? No, absolutely <laughs> not. I really want our next episode to just be us being like, was that in the movie? I it can't <laughs> have been. Um, anyway, until next week. So look forward to that, folks. <laughs> yeah, until next week when we do our bad, well, when we when we do a bad job. <laughs> I've been Sam, and I've been Maggie, and we hate Glee. From the top. <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>